0: Welcome to another episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. First of all, I'll just apologize if you hear uh, my dog barking in the background. He's an insane creature. Um, so, this week we're going to be studying sections 6 through 9 in the Doctrine and Covenants. And as always, just kind of a high-level overview of these sections. One thing uh, to point out at the beginning is just you'll see kind of this interesting uh, kind of grouping of these sections. In Come, Follow Me, uh, the very first section, uh, well, the second section after the introduction. So it's uh, ideas for uh, for personal study. You'll see that it says Doctrine and Covenants 6 and then 8 through 9. So you have 6, 8, and 9 kind of grouped together. And that's the grouping I'm talking about. Uh, It it appears in other church uh, published um, materials as well, uh, Institute Manual and other things. And it seems to be uh, to me because sections 6, 8, and 9 are given through Joseph Smith but to Oliver Cowdery. And uh, section 7 is revelation given to Joseph and Oliver um, about uh, John the Revelator, John the Beloved. So we'll get into that a little bit later as we talk about section 7 specifically. But that seems to be why they're grouped, because sections sections 6, 8, and 9 are to Oliver. So uh, that's kind of the next thing I want to just discuss at a high level before jumping into each section uh, one by one. So as a reminder, uh, up to this point, Martin Harris had helped uh, Joseph translate uh, and been a scribe. Uh, Emma had helped There uh, are some reports that Emma's brother had uh, also helped sparingly. Uh, So where we are now in Section 6 is going to be April of uh, 1829. So it was the previous year, summer 1828, when Martin convinced Joseph to let him take uh, the manuscript. The manuscript is lost. Uh, Joseph then loses the ability to translate the plates, uh, and Urim and Thummim are actually taken by Moroni and taken away from Joseph. And then uh, in September of 1828, those things are returned. But Joseph, for several months, uh, is unable to really spend time translating, mostly because uh, he's, he does have to work for his family and because he doesn't have a scribe. said, Emma, uh, this is when Emma uh, also may have helped some uh, again. And he was living and working uh well, he was living on a property owned by Emma's father, and they were near the Hale family. And so there's some reports that during this time, Emma's brother helped a little bit. But they didn't. there was not much progress made from really the summer of 1828 until the spring of 1829. And I mentioned this in the previous episode when uh, talking about Section 4 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Section 4 of the Doctrine and Covenants was given through the Prophet Joseph, but it's two uh, his father, Joseph Smith senior. And, uh, if you recall, section four is about, um, missionary work really, and being, and thrusting your sickle, uh, being willing to serve and having a desire to serve God. And then if you have that desire, you're called to work for him. You're called to do his work. So, uh, before that section was, or that revelation was given to, to the, jo- the prophet Joseph and he shared it with his father, uh, a school teacher had moved in with the Smith family back in New York. So Joseph and Emma are living in Harmony, Pennsylvania. It's about, uh, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm going to guess it's, I, I, so it was somewhere between 150, and 200 miles. So it wasn't terribly far, but far enough that, a, a journey by foot or horse would still take, you know, several days. Uh, so that's where they're, they're located while this is happening. So sorry, during that time, Oliver Cowdery, school teacher, moved in with the Smith family in New York. Joseph and Lucy Mack Smith. Uh, it's Oliver Cowdery. He's you know he's a teacher, so he's well educated, and the the excitement around what's happening with Joseph is starting to kind of be create a buzz um, with some some people who believe right. There's obviously these people who fought against Joseph, and these people who are putting up walls and. Fighting against him and the restoration of the gospel, but there was starting to be a little bit of a buzz of people who believed, and especially obviously where it originated back in New York in his hometown. And so Oliver starts to hear some of these things, and it kind of excited him. He wanted to know more. He would, he actually had asked uh, Joseph Smith Senior. Joseph Smith Senior. Until section four of the Doctrine and Covenants, until that revelation was shared with him, was pretty tight-lipped. Because I think, I mean, if you put yourself in a father's shoes, he's a stranger. He seems like a nice young man, but a stranger nonetheless. And there's been, you know, some significant opposition to your son. And so you would kind of want to hold it tight to the vest. And then section four is revealed... And he says, basically share the gospel, the field is right, ready to harvest. You have a desire to serve, then do it. So he leaves visiting Joseph when he receives this, goes back, and he then opens up more to Oliver. Oliver is really excited about it. He prays about it, he doesn't tell anybody that he's prayed about it. And and gets really excited and feels like God is calling him and urging him to go and help Joseph in his work in the translation of the Book of Mormon. So that's what kind of sets up sections 6 through 9, because sections 6 through 9, if you read the headings, are all given relatively close, I mean really close together. Uh, All of them, there may be some differences um, when when things took place, but uh, it does seem that all of them were given in April 1829, which is the month that Oliver arrives in Harmony to help uh, Joseph with the translation. So that's the setup here, Oliver waits till school season's over, school's over, and he is immediately goes to Harmony. So that's that's the setup here, and that's what's going to be, that's what's kind of going on. Joseph is going to, uh, like. let's give you a little bit of Joseph's perspective. Joseph had been waiting for help, and he, the Lord had told him that help was going to be coming, that he would be sending help. He didn't know who or when or how, and so he kind of had just been biding his time until that miracle had happened. And, uh, you know, I I guess just to close this episode, let's take a look at that and the way that the Lord works. Joseph did not know who or when or how, but he had trust in the Lord that the Lord would provide a way to continue the work. He didn't know, Joseph didn't know that in giving the revelation to his father, that that would, you know, really be something that, uh, the domino that set off into motion Oliver leaving new york and coming to harmony uh, and helping him translate and being a scribe oliver then becomes one of the three witnesses of the book of mormon a very pivotal member and character of the restoration of the gospel in the latter days joseph had no idea but what he did know is that the lord had told him that the help was coming and sometimes that's I mean, oftentimes, I should say, in my experience, that's the way the Lord works. I think of in the Book of Mormon, the story of uh, Limhi, so the son of the wicked King Noah, who was the son of Zenith. This is the story from uh, Mosiah. So Limhi and his people, they're in bondage. They'd been wicked. Noah had been wicked. Because they were wicked, they had suffered great losses. They had been, you know, destroyed they tried to escape, and they'd gone to war multiple times against the Lamanites. And what had happened every single time was they just lost tons of men. So there's uh, orphans and fatherless children and widows. And they're, some, they're in bondage to the Lamanites. And that time, Limhi finally just kind of says, you know what? We need to repent, and we need to turn back to the Lord. And you know, or if we're, if if that means we're going to be in bondage, that means we're going to be in bondage. But at the time that he repents, at that at that moment in time, Limah has no idea what the Lord is is doing and preparing. And as he prepare as he repents, what happens is back in the land of Zarahemla, where the Nephites are, some people are stirred up, and they want to go find this group that was led by Zenith years before, who they hadn't heard from for since they'd left. And uh, it's uh, King Benjamin's son Mosiah is now the king, and it says that he they were he was wearied with their teasing, so they were obviously moved enough to keep saying, "Let us go, let us go, let us go." They they had been moved. They probably maybe they didn't even realize, but that they had been moved by the Spirit because the Lord was preparing something. So back over with. Um, Lemhi and his people, they have no idea that that's going on in Zarahemla. But what they do know and what Lemhi does realize is that they need to be humble and penitent and turn back to the Lord. And as they do that, the Lord is then preparing. They don't have, they, but they have no idea. Ammon, it's, it's a group led by a man named Ammon and they end up showing up and delivering them out of, out of bondage and returning them back to Zarahemla. But they had no idea that that preparation was going on behind the scenes. God did. And so if you are in, in, the, in the throes of despair and in a, in a trial and having troubles and your days seem dark and gloomy, turn to the Lord and you may not see it, but there is light coming and He is preparing your deliverance. And some things take longer to prepare than others. Some deliverance takes longer to prepare. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not coming. Joseph had no idea that it was going to be Oliver, or that when Oliver was going to show up. But the Lord had promised him help was coming. And so he held on to that hope. And in the spring of 1829, Oliver Crowdery uh, comes into the life of Joseph and helps to translate the Book of Mormon and becomes a, a, a friend to Joseph when he had, I mean, when he was really lacking friends. Okay, so uh, the idea here we're going to do an episode for each section, and they'll vary in length as normal. Um, this, These chapters, these sections of the Doctrine and Covenants, I think I probably found more quotes and more things about these sections than any uh, week that I've done of, the, of this podcast, including all of last year in the Book of Mormon. And so I've tried to whittle things down so that I can be, uh, not drag on too much for you, but still give you, uh, some some great insight from general authorities, from prophets, uh, from my own readings, obviously, and hopefully that it, it, I can give you some help and guidance. But uh, remember this context as you are studying this week, and uh, obviously as we go throughout this each section, I'll continue to give a little bit more context for each section. Um, but I hope you enjoy your study this week. Section six. Just a little teaser. Section 6 is one of my favorite sections of the Doctrine and Covenants for a couple of reasons. There's a couple of verses in there that I, uh, I go to many times and that I think about uh, often in my life. So best of luck in your studies. I hope you'll join me in the next episode as we begin discussing Section 6 of the Doctrine and Covenants.